Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSE Midwest. For updated factual information, see hse.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives. Well, I think it's safe to say that most of us, as we enter another week of lockdown, are suffering from cabin fever to a greater or lesser extent uh, without work, social outlets and an inability to exercise as normal. Many relationships, many homes will be feeling tense with our individual space limited. How can we avoid cabin fever conflict and establish more harmonious relationships? Well, Orla Quinn is an intimacy and and relationship coach and she is on the line. Good morning to you Orla. Um, so can you define this uh, for me? Um, what is cabin fever in the COVID-19 context? <laughs> Good morning Joe. Um, yeah so what is cabin fever? I think all of us have our own uh, interpretation of what ca- cabin fever looks like and I suppose it's individual to all of our cases. Uh, depending on what our personal situation is with regards to this. I mean, what's common is that we're all in a similar situation with lockdown and the stay-at-home policy that um, our leaders are, you know, I'll say enforcing at this stage. (laughs) Um, So, you know, so there's, there's different degrees of it, but I think what we're experiencing right now is very extreme, right? We're experiencing this very extreme kind of unprecedented lockdown and that and that is causing a kind of cabin fever that not many of us are used to. Unless you've lived in a small space, a very confined space, an isolated space for a long period of time, you'll know what that looks like. For a lot of us, we don't. We've never really experienced that before until now. Yeah, we're chatting to Orla Quinn and Bernadette Ryan, counsellor with D6 Counselling and uh, a previous guest on the Dermot Today Show is also with us. Good morning to you, uh, Bernadette. Um, Good morning, Joe. Uh, certainly the thing I found is, you know, I don't even realise that I'm grumpy at times, but I definitely am, uh, and maybe until it's pointed out to me. Um, and, you know, it is getting tougher and tougher and I think it's probably important that we acknowledge that because people are being asked to make a sacrifice and it is a sacrifice to do yes. what we're being asked to do. Oh absolutely it's a sacrifice and it's a sacrifice of our of our basic freedoms and our freedom to move about and you know our freedom to just chat and talk with friends and sit with them. Things that we take so much for granted have suddenly been been taken away. And what I think is really interesting is, you know, sort of people are great at, at, at adapting. You know, when you think about a month ago, all of this, or maybe six weeks, because this would have been unthinkable, but people have adapted very well and they're staying away from their, their friends and they're staying indoors. And, you know, all, and, you know, I just thought the other day, you know, to be stopped by the Gardaí, to be asked where you're going when you're just going shopping or something is, but we've adapted, you know, where before it would have been something unthinkable. Yeah, you see, I, I have a slightly different view about that. I think that is true, Bernadette, that is true. But I think we're now into what could be described as the toughest phase because the initial part of it, it's unusual, it's different. Mm. Now it's becoming the new normal. And I think there is a bit of fraying at the edges. Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, initially there was that shock. And uh, it's interesting to, to hear you admit to being grumpy <laughs> at times. Um, you know, I, people deal with, with, the, with, the, with the shock and the fear in, in different ways. And you're right, the actual shock of it all has kind of lessened. But the fear is still hanging around. I, I think most people probably wake up every morning and go, all right, it's, it's 
the threat is still there. You know, it, it's a threat to our, our very safety, our, a threat to our health, to our lives, you know. So, yes, I do think it's there and it comes out in different ways for different people. And that's why, actually, I think it's quite important, particularly, you know, for people living in close confines, to find a space for themselves in order to do whatever it is that grounds them and, and to open up to that fear. You know, there's no point in pushing it to one side and saying, Usher, it'll all be grand. You know, we need to acknowledge that at, at a very, you know, deep level, we are frightened, we are scared, you know, and that's a very real fear. Mm. Orla, what's your advice then to cope with cabin fever? Yeah, so I agree with a lot of what has been said around, you know, the need, the, the very presence of fear and um, and how we deal, so how do we deal with it? Um, and I suppose my, the the email that I sent out that prompted your researcher to contact me was around kind of very practical steps or, you know, follow-up steps to managing with conflict. And I, you know, I called, I called this, cabin cabin fever conflict because that's what you know when people are stressed when people have a lot of fear they tend to project it onto their environment right and that means their closest contacts that means the people that they're in confinement with so our relationships are coming under extreme pressure because of that and you know before we had our own we had we had our own individual space to process any of these kind of uh, emotions that were coming through for us. Now we are. Now we don't have those possibilities. We don't have those avenues outside of our environment. So now we're having to. I guess a new context that we're dealing with, and it's putting you know it's putting families under a lot of pressure. So the step that I would talk about is how we really need to get educated in terms of how we deal with our emotions. We haven't really had very much education around that. So when it comes to anger. What do we do? We just we just take it out on those around us, and you know, just like what what you were saying, you know, sometimes you're grumpy, and that's okay, right? We 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 do we are emotional, and we're emotional beings, and we have to recognize and face our emotions, but then we have to take responsibility for our emotions and not take it out on others, and that's where coming into sovereignty, coming into self ownership, self autonomy, taking responsibility for those emotions. Is, is more important now than it ever was. Yeah. And Bernadette, if you find yourself in what in any other circumstances would be a silly row at home, you know, a row that mightn't even happen um, if it weren't for the intense crisis that uh, we're all uh, living with, um, how can you process that and try and learn from it? Well, I, I, again, I would agree with a lot of what Orla is saying there, that it, the distractions that we've all been sort of taken up with up to now have, have distracted us even from ourselves and our, and our own emotions and owning our own emotions. And, it, as, you know, always, regardless, when, you know, we're responsible for our own anger. You know, we might say, you made me angry, but that isn't actually the case. There's anger inside me, and somehow or another, somebody might have triggered that for me, you know. So I think particularly at this time, we really need to do whatever it is we can to bring self-awareness to ourselves, to our actions, you know. And there's a, I think it's from the Buddhist tradition or something, I'm kind of stealing this, but there's three questions we can ask ourselves before we act out or say something. Is it true? Is it necessary? And is it kind? 
And I think we all need to be kind to each other, you know, because at some level, again, many people are probably like frightened children and we need to be kind to each other. And we need to go back to that having regard and particularly in relationships, whether it be family relationships, whether it's intimate relationships, friendships, respect, respect for the other person and how they cope with things and respect for yourself and compassion for oneself. Because I think a lot of people, too, have been faced with fears they didn't even know that they had. You know, so again, it, it, it really brings it back to, you know, we've been distracting ourselves, I believe, from ourselves. And now we have this space to get to know ourselves better. And I think that's why it's so important for each individual to make that space for themselves, even if it's only a, a chair in the room, if they don't have enough space or if there's a room in the house that, you know, when somebody's sitting there, it's like they're just trying to get a bit of headspace or whatever, you know. So we really, it's, it's about awareness. It's about consciousness and, and working at it as opposed to the old way of maybe just flying off the handle and and. and taking it out on the on, on the yeah. person next to us or the dog or whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah. We're chatting to Bernadette Ryan, counsellor, and Orla Quinn, intimacy and relationship coach. The other thing is that a lot of the coping strategies that people have, a lot of the outlets, uh, Orla, that they have uh, built into their lives, they may not even realise are there for that purpose until now, until they're taken away from them. And they might be wondering, you know, what is going on in my head or with my emotions right now? Yeah, and I think that's why it's such a stressful time because suddenly people are having to look at themselves, <laughs> Joe. Um, and, you know, and, and again, it's it's like what Bernadette's saying. It, that's when we really have to be kind to ourselves. Like, we really need to bring compassion. Compassion is so important when we have to face our, I suppose, inner demons or things that we don't like about ourselves that we're finally having to, to look at because we don't have the distractions like that we, we're normally accustomed to avoid, you know, the avoidance tactics. So it's, it's just, it's important to bring, bring about that compassion really. Uh, you know, as Bernie said, said, get a room, like just go find some, some space, go outside. We can still, we can still go outside, get some fresh air. There's, there's ways of, of really just bringing awareness to the situation and really recognizing that this is going on for me um, and it's nothing to do with the other person. It's nothing to do with, um, you know, I'm not going to blame, I'm not going to put blame on anyone else. I'm going to take, I'm going to take ownership on this and I'm going to take myself aside just to um, investigate it a little bit more. Right. And Bernadette, you know, should you circle back to a previous argument that might have got out of hand when things are calmer and try and discuss it? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, sort of. A, and again, not to re, re, to resurrect it, but, you know, sort of. I, I've been saying to people, you know, be quick to forgive and be quick to apologise. You know, and I mm-hmm. think, you know, sort of, it, and it's always helpful. You know, we all say things in the moment that we don't mean. And it's always helpful um, to, to, to say afterwards, you know what, I really didn't mean that to sound the way it did. I was, I was grumpy. I was, I was whatever, you know, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm sorry for upsetting you. You know, you, some people think saying sorry means they're giving in. But it, it, it's really about letting the other person know that you didn't mean to hurt them, you didn't mean to upset them, that, that wasn't, that's not usually our intention, you know. Um, I'd say for couples that perhaps are in a very negative dynamic um, around arguing, you know, um, I go back to John Gottman did a lot of work, uh, research in states on, you know, the, the destroyers of relationship, which he called the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which is 
criticism, defensiveness, stonewalling and contempt. So couples, and nearly all couples get into criticism and defensiveness, you know. So the, the, the sort of antidotes to those are, it's not that you have to put up or shut up, but complain without blame, you know. I'm really finding this very stressful instead of your attitude is driving me crazy, you know. So I statements very much, you know, ownership of what's going on and, and, and the respect. That's really underneath, you know, the antidote to contempt. We can be very contemptuous, rolling our eyes and going, oh, you're always the same, you know. So respect for the other. So I really think, and the other thing he says, by the way, which I think might be helpful, Joe, he talks about the magic ratio, which is five to one. For every negative interaction, we need to have five positive actions, interactions in order to counter that. Right. So to, to bear that in mind. And that can be as small as making somebody a cup of tea. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Listen, makes an awful lot of sense. Thank you very much for your advice trying to um, make cabin fever conflict become cabin fever harmony because the cabin fever part is something that uh, we're all facing and will continue to face for a while yet, I think. Uh, Orla Quinn, Intimacy and Relationship Coach, thank you very much. Also, Bernadette Ryan, Counsellor with D6 Counselling. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSE Midwest. For updated factual information, see hse.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives.